Welcome into another edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. It is a Anything Goes Wednesday. Kind of harkens back to when the podcast was first launched some two years ago. And I launched this podcast because I had a lot of extra time on my hands and I wanted to keep doing audio content. Now, there have been a lot of things that have been put on my plate since then, since I started working at 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee. I also work uh, at our Madison properties at iHeartRadio as well, WIBA in Madison, and Fox Sports 1070 The Game in Madison. And especially during football season, I'm running all over the place between Madison and Milwaukee and Green Bay. And uh, this is an especially busy week because I'm being pressed into duty on Saturday for the Badgers post-game show as Wisconsin takes on Illinois. So I've got the Packers pre-game show on Sunday, the Badgers post-game show on Saturday. Uh, I'll be running up to Green Bay on Wednesday. As I tape this, it's on Tuesday, but this will be airing on Wednesday. This will be released on Wednesday. Uh, And on Monday, I spent that day with the Badgers in Madison. So I'm kind of running all over the place, but... I, I tried to do a full accounting of all of the, the podcast episodes that have been released on our podcast server, and I like to keep them in order. And I think we're up to 145 episodes of the Doug Russell podcast, original podcast episodes. Um, part of that is that I skipped. I didn't know if I skipped it or if I just didn't post what the show was supposed to be. So this is a show that Mitch Nellis and I did now more than 10 years ago. It's the only radio show I think that he and I ever did. But, you know, Mitch Nellis, he's Thunder. And when you get a chance to have Thunder, I mean, he's been on the podcast before, but the only radio show that we ever did was done more than a decade ago. And I told Mitch the last time I talked to him, it's like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to put it up on the podcast on the 10-year anniversary. Well, that's come and gone. And it was supposed to be episode 140, so that's why I'm tagging this episode, The Lost Tapes, The Lost Episodes, episode 140, and it's on what originally, when, again, we first launched the podcast two years ago, and Anything Goes Wednesday, there's nothing more Anything Goes than a full radio show that you did a decade ago. But what I think is fun is going back and listening to what exactly were we talking about a decade ago. And every once in a while, I'll sprinkle sprinkle in one of these old shows that maybe I did on Sporting News Radio or from way back when. Uh, Sometimes I pull out some old interviews that I think are interesting as well because it just kind of shows what were we talking about. And as I kind of listened back just to some snippets of this episode, one of the things that I heard was Mitch and I talking about Andrew Bogut. So it's amazing just to see how far the Bucks have come since those days. Again, this is a show that is pre-Giannis. Nobody in the world, except for maybe his parents, had ever heard of Giannis Edetokounmpo when Mitch and I did this radio show. The Bucks were still playing, of course, at the Bradley Center, Pfizer Forum, uh, was just a, a glint in Herb Cole's eye. We never thought in a million years that Herb Cole would ever sell the team, but he hasn't been the owner for some time now for the Bucks. We'll also talk about the Brewers, and it was shortly after Ryan Braun signed a mega contract, and now Ryan Braun, this is before, this is after the cheating scandal surfaced, but before he won his appeal, and then we all know what happened after that. That firestorm where he was suspended for half the season, 
And, you know, he lost a lot of respect in the eyes of a lot of baseball fans, not only in Milwaukee, but certainly around the country as well. This is all prior to that. So eh, sometimes it's fun to listen to old shows. Listen, I get it. If you want to just listen to the Packers content, that'll be coming up this weekend. We'll have a full uh, preview of the Packers and the New England Patriots kicking off at 325 on Sunday at Lambeau Field. That's coming up. But this is just one of those Anything Goes Wednesdays, and it's catching up to episode 140 which was supposed to be posted a while ago, and it wasn't, so we're doing it today. So if you want to skip this one, I get it, no points off, but if you want to uh, take a stroll down memory lane with Doug and Thunder, well, here you go, it's the Doug Russell Podcast, hope you enjoy it. Good afternoon and welcome to the Homer and Thunder Broadcasting Network. My name's Mitch Nelson, a.k.a. Thunder. The weather continues to befuddle with warm temperatures reaching the state of Wisconsin. The Badgers heated things up last night in Madison. Another Bo Ryan win over Tom Crean. Andrew Bogut out 8-12 to 12 week for the Bucks. We'll discuss if that matters. And we'll continue our discussion from yesterday. What Packers player can you live without? Are the Brewers in town? Rumor is yes. One man who's in town, he's your cousin sub of the day, staff sports writer for OnMilwaukee.com, Yahoo Sports Radio anchor, host, Reporter extraordinaire, it's Doug Russell. Good afternoon, Doug. Mitch, what's going on? Good to be with you. Good to be with you as well. And uh, welcome to the spacious and palatial Time Warner Cable Studios this downtown is nice. Milwaukee. I didn't tell you this, but um, my dad worked in this building for like 17 years up on the 13th was floor. Was he a federal employee? He was. Did he ever have to evacuate because of a bomb threat? Uh, no, but he was working here when the Murrah building went. Really? Well, I shouldn't say up. It right. went. Down, down, unfortunately. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he, he was working here at the time. So he did never he never had to evacuate. But, That's yeah, he, wor- he worked in this building for, like I said, about 17 years. Uh, still called the Federal Building, also called the Blue, also called 310 West Wisconsin. Not as many federal offices as it once housed. Still very nice, though. Oh, yeah. This is a beautiful facility you guys have here. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate that. Doug Russell joins us. He has our cousin sub of the day. Better bread, better subs, cousin subs. Homer on his way to the Illadelph. Philadelphia. <laughs> you like that? I like, do like that. Yeah, like the Did you make that up? Uh, I actually have a friend from Philadelphia who made okay. up the Illwalk and the Illadelph. Okay. As nicknames. I'm surprised. I don't think the, they caught on, but. You know what? I, I'm surprised that never caught on for Milwaukee was the key. Yeah, because Milwaukee. Like, Milwaukee. I could, but it never I caught it. on. I think more bars or restaurants would have had to gone with like the key club or, you know, spelt K E E. Maybe you and I should open a bar. I like that. And we'll call it the key club. Hmm. Now, I'm, I'm already full on, of ideas. I'm already on the hook with my sister-in-law to open up Bar Mitzvah <laughs> as a bar. Or you could open up Puzzles. Yes, yes, you could, which uh, we saw on How I Met Your Mother. Yes, correct. Um, Why key, is it called Puzzles? That's the puzzle. That's the puzzle. Huh. I wonder if we could get the key going. You know, I uh, as an undergrad at Madison, I believe uh, the rumor that I may have been under 21 and the first bar that... Uh, conjecture and hearsay that my friend went to when he was under 21 was the church key, but that was K-E-Y, so that, did, okay. so that doesn't count. I like bar mitzvah, though. Yeah, that, yeah. that works for you. Yeah. But then, it might, what, it might what, be more of a New York, Chicago, L.A. thing, though. Maybe, I don't know if that's a Milwaukee, Madison thing. Are, are Gentiles, like myself. Absolutely. Are we welcome in the bar mitzvah? Um, Do we have to wear a yarmulke? Have, have, no, but have you ever been to a bar mitzvah party? I have not, unfortunately. Okay. I would um, like to go. Not dissimilar from a wedding reception. Okay. Um, I assume you've been to a wedding reception. Yeah. A little more Hava Nagila, but 
I think having a gila should be a prerequisite at all wedding receptions. I agree. Jewish or Gentile. I agree, and you should take the chicken dance out. My wife and I, when we got married, yep. that was in the contract with, really? with the DJ. You may not play the chicken dance. Did you kind of want to announce that to your guests and then have the DJ play the chicken dance? And anyone who actually did it, they got kicked out? That would be cool. We didn't have security. I mean, maybe we should have hired, you know, some muscle. I like it. A lot on our plate today. Uh, Andrew Bogut out, uh, a press release just issued by the Bucks, 8 to 12 weeks. So Ugh. yesterday came the news that he was out indefinitely. We kind of assumed the two-month range, mm -hmm. uh, but now they're saying a little more specifically 8 to 12 weeks. 12 weeks takes you to the end of the regular season. Right. There's, there's three months left. Well... In a condensed 66-game season, you wonder how many wins are now the Bucks going to get without Bogut in the lineup. He's so important to this team. I know you and I may differ on this. We might. But I, I think Andrew Bogut is the single most important member of this team, and this is the single most critical time for the franchise. Now, teams come and go. I mean, right. Steven Jackson was a member of the team last year. Corey McGetty was a member of the team last year. Teams come and go. But as far as the franchise is concerned, because the Bradley Center needs to be replaced— and there's absolutely no public support for it whatsoever, I think that unless you win, and unless you win consistently, then it's going to be an uphill battle for at least the public to to get behind the fact that, okay, we need to replace this 23-, 24-year-old building. It really doesn't look that bad when you look at it, but when you compare it to other arenas around the NBA, it falls well short. From a PR standpoint and connecting with the franchise, that I will give you, Andrew Bogut's importance. On the court, I don't know that I could argue anyone at this point that they have utmost importance. Because they're the not Bucks. that good? Right, right. And, and and I still think they can be a team that competes for a 7th or 8th seed. Mm -hmm. I still think they're a team that can go 30-36, and 36, which could sneak into the well, playoffs at this point. Look, the last couple of years there's been this misnomer that the Bucks were the worst team in the NBA. The, the, the Bucks were a 10-win team hard to watch. in the NBA. At times, they are, yes, hard to watch. I'll give you that. Cardinal sin number one, committed by Mr. Russell. Spillage I've, of the vitamin. I have I been here for five minutes no and inside, already I'm breaking the no place. There's no inside radio. Every, everything that happens in studio or out, okay. anything the sales staff does, anything programming does, everything gets I talked with my arms and I knocked over my, my vitamin water. I'm sorry about that, Thunder. Oh, I'm okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, like I said, I've been here for five minutes and already <laughs> I'm breaking the place. But uh, as, <laughs> as, as far as defensively, I mean, they're oh, not, defensively, no question. I mean, offensively, last no. year he was hindered because he shattered his right arm right. back in that accident against the Suns in April of 2010. And he was hurt all of last year, but yes. he gutted through it and was still able to play in 60-plus games, I think 65 games last year. So if he's healthy, he's able to at least give you some punch offensively. He can pass the ball, which is something that I think overall in the NBA is grossly undervalued. Especially with big men. Especially with big men. And that is one of his abilities that he has above most other centers, especially in the Eastern Conference. Now, right. nobody's going to convince you that he's as athletic as Dwight Howard. I mean, that's absurd, of right. course. But what he gives the Bucks is a defensive presence that otherwise, when Brandon Jennings is on the court, when Drew Gooden is on the court, that they just don't have. I, I, I agree with that. That's and why like he's said, important to this team on okay. the floor. All right. 1-800-990-3776. Andrew Bogut's out 8 to 12 weeks for the Milwaukee Bucks. Most of the regular season, if not all of the regular season. The Wisconsin Badgers, a big win in Madison last night, 57-50 to over Tom Crean, Indiana Hoosiers. Oh, Indiana Hoosiers. Yeah, they've lost about Nine 743 in straight games to the Badgers after winning about 5,000 in a row. Right, but they haven't won, what is it, 14 years now that they haven't won at the Cole Center? Yeah. Uh, 98, last time they won in Madison, because I remember being there in 2000 Okay, when the Hoosier daddy... 
chant to Bob Knight came out. Yes. I, I think, just think that, that every, might have been the, the last, definitely the last basketball game that I had tears in my eyes at. Where are you on the whole Tom Crean thing? Because every win that either Wisconsin or Marquette gets, or, I mean, obviously Marquette hasn't played Crean yet, but maybe they will in the NCAA tournament because sure. the tournament selection committee, as we all know, has a sense of humor about yes, these things. Yes, it does. But anytime Wisconsin plays Indiana or Tom Crean, it's just so much more delicious. There's something Crean, Yeah, it is. Thank you. Because, yes, yeah, absolutely. Because of the way that Crean treated everybody over at Marquette. Well, and and every, not even just everybody in the right. media. That's an occupational hazard. Sure. But... The way that he treated everybody, just every, just little, every time you can just squash him in the ground a little bit, it just feels special. Bogut out, Badgers win, Brewers in town for on deck, and we'll continue our discussion. And I want to get this answer from Doug on the other side about the Green Bay Packers. Because we asked a question yesterday that got the most feedback on our Facebook page of any question we've ever asked. Okay, That's facebook.com slash homer and thunder. And it was, what Packers player can you live without? So think on that. Okay. I don't want your answer right now. I want you to think about it. Okay. Um, and the I, I told you the, who the answer was. Mm -hmm. The majority. The I'm majority not surprised Michael that. Finley. Mm -hmm. um, He's not my choice. Right. And, and a lot of it has to do with, his contract status, and do you want to sign him? Do you want a franchise tag? Mm -hmm. Do you want to sign him for the long term? So we'll get into that as well. Jeff from Jeff Sports will join us at about 4.15. Jason Wildey around 4.40. Doug Russell on Milwaukee.com, Yahoo Sports Radio. He is our cousin sub of the day. A lot to get to today. 1-800-990-3776. We want to hear from you. How debilitating is the Andrew Bogut injury for the Milwaukee Bucks? What does it mean for the franchise? We want to hear how special you think it is when Bo Ryan beats Tom Crane. And we'll continue our Packers discussion from yesterday. What Packers player can you live without next year? My name is Mitch Nels, a.k.a. Thunder. He's your cousin sub today. He is Doug Russell. Homer, he's on a plane. I don't, I don't know if it took <laughs> off yet. I don't know where he's leaving. He was just here about 20 minutes ago. Yeah, so. Uh, he's probably on his way to the airport. Might be wheels up, though. You know, Homer might be. That's true. All right, he gets to the airport. That's a Homer roll. Get on the plane. He's a rock star. He you is. know, rock stars don't like to, you know, wait around in airport terminals. Homer said to me yesterday, he said, I just don't want to be the last guy there. I don't want anybody to say, where's Homer? But if I'm the second to last guy there? It's a charter, right? Yeah. Oh, so you don't want to. care? But you don't want to be the last guy waiting. You don't, you don't want no. people saying, where's Homer? You don't want Buzz With to say, where's Homer? Right. That's what you don't want. Exactly. He's Doug Russell. I'm Mitch Nelson. physically and mentally to handle that part of it other than, you know, he and I relationship, which is a which is not a, a major key in his performance. It's a major key in our personal lives. But again, you know, that ball club is interested in him as a player. No, Cecil, it's a major key in your personal life. I don't know that it's a major key in Prince's personal life. Cecil Fielder on ESPN radio yesterday, uh, talking about Talking about himself a lot and talking about his relationship with Prince. and Isn't that his M.O., though? That is. And I was a little disturbed that he didn't just come out and say, Proud you know, kid. They, chip off the old block. <laughs> no, that they, didn't, that they didn't ask him. So, you know, what do you, what do you think about Prince coming to Detroit? And he just said, you know, I just have all I want to say to him is don't get fat, don't lose all your money gambling, and don't steal all your kids' money. <laughs> I think that would have been the stand-up thing to do. 
Don't steal all your kids' money. Well, that would have been nice. It's it's one of those things that I think is um, maybe implied. When when you have a when, child, I, I don't, don't think know. anything with Cecil Fielder is implied. <laughs> Come on now. Well, he did a lot wrong. Yeah, he did. He wasn't a very good father. Um, but now Cecil has also said. Now I haven't heard, heard, haven't heard this necessarily from Prince because every time somebody asks him about his father, he uses the opportunity to take a swipe at him. Yeah. But Cecil has at least made intimations that the relationship is starting to heal. Now, or, I don't know or that he would like it to heal. Well, obviously, well, I think he wants it to heal because this kid just signed a two hundred and fourteen million dollar contract. If my if my estranged child, first of all, I don't ever plan on having an estranged child, but sometimes right. things happen. But if I had an estranged child and they just signed a two hundred and fourteen million dollar contract, yeah, I think I'd want to repair that relationship too. Pretty quickly, I agree. My name is Mitch Nelson, aka Thunder. He's Doug Russell. He's your cousin sub of the day. We are broadcasting live from the Time Warner Cable Studios today. 1-800-990-3776. How much of the loss of Andrew Bogut, how much does the loss of Andrew Bogut hurt the Milwaukee Bucks? In his last eight games, averaging 29, point, 29 minutes a game, 10 points, 7.5 rebounds. And I got to say, looking at his stats, he's not Andrew Bogut this year either. Right. He was Andrew Bogut last year, but he's not Andrew Bogut this year either, and and that, that's what leads me to the question or to the belief that, yes, it's going to be a loss, absolutely on the defensive end, but offensively, a center who's shooting 45% from the floor well, is, is hurts you more than helps. I, I don't know if it hurts you more than, at least for this Bucks team, I don't know that it hurts them more than it helps them just based on you know who, who else do they have. Right. I mean, if you're banking on Larry Sanders to just develop into a center overnight, e -e -e. good luck with that. Drew right. Gooden is a forward. He's not a center. Absolutely. I mean, we, we saw that last year. Right. So I think in that sense, Andrew Bogut is critically important to this team. And even though the numbers don't show the same Andrew Bogut that we saw a couple of years ago, I mean, the sample size is still relatively small. And but the, the, the part of the reason it's so small is because he's missed games with injuries. Well, he's missed this year. He's missed games because he had a family emergency back in in Australia. Right. But, but last now year he missed seventeen injury. games. Last year, year he missed he seventeen missed games. games. The year before yes. was the injury yes. year with thirty six games. The only time that he is this is his seventh season. The only time he will have played a full season, all eighty two games, was his rookie year. Right. His thirty, he played seventy eight. So that's that's pretty good. But sixty five a year does not get it done. No, I, I mean, agree for with what, you. For what they're paying him and what they're expecting I from agree him, with you. You know, they're expecting this 15 and 10 guy. But what else do you have? 11 and 8 does not equal 15 and 10. Is, well, let me ask you this then. Is Andrew Bogut 2012's version of Michael Red? Because Michael Red stole almost $100 million from the I, I think he is. Because he's not good enough to warrant his contract. Does it hurt the Bucks that he's not on the team every day? On the floor every day? Probably. I'm not convinced about that. But what but else for do you what have? They're paying him. That, see, that's there's the you know, well, right. You don't have anything else. Right. But if this means they open up the offense and they run and gun and get the slow potting Bogut out of there, maybe in the long run it hurts. It helps the development of Brandon Jennings as a truly good, not great, but good point guard. I think that Brandon Jennings can be a very good point guard offensively. Defensively, he can't guard anybody. Right. I mean. I, the first couple of years of his career, I thought I saw some sort of defensive effort, but I think most of these guys... T.J. Ford comes to mind. As far as a defensive lack point of, guard? Yeah, like, yeah, lack of defense. Okay, well, Mo Williams, I mean... Yep. just go, we, We've seen a lot of them. We, yeah, but 
we've seen a lot of no defense at all from anybody on the floor, not just at the point guard position right. with this Bucks team, until Andrew Bogut, even last year, was one of the best defensive players in the NBA. I mean, he was, yeah. as far as rebounds, no, he led the league in block shots. Right. Through his he was first one of the best years, defensive players. He was one player. block a game, and then all of a sudden he mm-hmm. exploded and became a two-and-a-half block a game. At, when he stopped trying to take the charges and actually play defense, he became a good defensive player. I think he's a very good defensive player who, unfortunately, has been slowed by injuries. Now, obviously... You know, I, I put it in my column today. It's funny, you and I were talking about it before the show began, about the Mike McCarthyism of availability and accountability. Right. Or I guess it's accountability and availability, yeah. whichever. But Andrew Bogut hasn't been available. Exactly. And you can't Whether it's team, his fault or not. Whether it's his fault or not. Nobody questions his effort. Okay, I think everybody questioned Mo Williams' effort. I think some people question how much um, Brandon Jennings, at times, puts in as far as effort on the defensive side Sure. Uh, of the ball. Yes. No one ever has questioned Andrew Bogut's desire. No one has ever questioned Andrew Bogut's ability defensively. And he's something that is the rarest of breed in the NBA. An all-star caliber player, when healthy, an all-star caliber player that wants to be here. Yeah, but wanting to be here is nice. And most NBA players don't want to be here. But that doesn't make you the end-all, be-all. Now, I don't think anybody's trying to convince you that he's the end-all, be-all. I think he's critically important yeah, to this team. End-all, be-all. Yeah. We'll do that. Okay. We'll go with that. End-all, be-all, be-all, end-all. Whichever. Ooh, something. <laughs> but but, that, but, he's mean, impor- but he's important. He's important. He's absolutely important. But does the success of the Bucks rely on Andrew Bogut being on the basketball court? I think it does. How do you define success, then? I think, well, here's... How I define Sneaking it. into the playoffs and losing in the first no, round? No, they haven't been outside. Of the, they haven't gotten, in the Bradley Center era, Bradley Center opened in 1988, yeah. they've gotten out of the first round of the playoffs twice. That's pathetic. Yeah. that's not. And that's, that's one of the reasons that... That's not good. It's terrible. And that's one of the reasons that I think that this franchise is, I wouldn't call it on life support, but if they don't get a new building... At some point, the economics of the NBA, as screwed up as they are, even though this isn't necessarily an old building by building standards, but, but it is NBA by, but by NBA standards, it Absolutely. is. And this is a critical time for the franchise because they've got to start winning. Otherwise, the, the empty seats at the Bradley Center right now are going to speak more volumes than anything else because you've got to win to gain support. 1-800-990-3776. How does the injury to Andrew Bogut affect the Milwaukee Bucks? Jacob in Milwaukee, you're on ESPN Wisconsin. Hey, uh, first off, Doug, it's good to hear your voice again, man. You got done wrong by a bunch of morons, but uh, I digress. Thanks. Um, good to be back on. Thanks. <laughs> I just want to say uh, there's there's a couple levels to this. On the floor, it's definitely going to hurt you for the simple fact that Andrew Bogut is probably the first or second best defensive big man in the NBA when you take everything into account. Um, so they are going to lose a ton of games, but... You look at another level of this, it ultimately helps the Bucks because the only way that they're going to win is to get a star player with a high draft pick. I don't know why Herb Cole and his management team have never been able to see that. But Well, all right, Jacob, we're losing you. Thanks for the call. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. The Bucks have been in the lottery how many times? A lot. A lot. They've had several number Hi, one overall. I'm Joe Alexander. Nice to meet you. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. That was now that was a disaster. Yes. Now I'll give John Hammond credit. Joe Alexander was you know summarily bounced for a right. player you know in a package that helped them get to the playoffs. 
So the, the mistake was corrected, but the mistake was still made in the first place. But they've been in the lottery so many times, you lose track of the stiff parade that has gone. And it's not just Hammond. It was, you know, the, the management team before him. Yep. And it was the management team before Larry Harris. Sure. Um, they have drafted poorly. They've had number one overall selections. I wouldn't say that Andrew Bogut was a bad number one overall selection. But in hindsight, a couple of years later, when Chris Paul emerged, right, but nobody had. I mean, you know, it was either the, him or Marvin Williams, right? I mean, the sports guy said Chris Paul, but almost nobody else did, right? You know, so and it was it was Bogut or Williams, and I think if you look at Bogut or Williams, everybody would take Bogut, sure. Um, you know, and, and then you rewind even further than that when Glenn Robinson was taken with the number one overall selection of 94, 95, somewhere in there. Ninety four sounds right. Yeah, I think it was ninety four. You know, Grant Hill and Jason Kidd, exactly, but. In that one, everyone said Glenn Robinson. But they, but who won the co-rookies of the year that year? Right. It was the two guys the, taken after Number two and number two three. Two guys that are, I think they're both still playing, aren't they? Um, Hill and Kidd? They're both still around. I don't know if Hill... He's in is Phoenix, he, is he? he still with Phoenix? I think so. Kidd certainly is still with Dallas. Hill was debating whether he was coming and back or not. Glenn so Robinson hasn't played in the league in eight years. Yeah. But he won a ring. He oh, got a San Antonio. To, uh, exactly. Great. 1-800-990-3776. 1-800-990-3776 is the phone number to call. How does the injury to Andrew Bogut affect the Milwaukee Bucks? We know, listen, full disclosure, rules of Yoda. We know Milwaukee Bucks. When we say Milwaukee Bucks, a whole lot of you are changing the station just because the Milwaukee Bucks are seventh in a, in a state of four teams. I mean, they don't right. register. But, but, but when it's... Andrew Bogut, and when it's the future of the franchise in the city, this is why we believe this deserves the time. I think it definitely deserves the time because... Well, you deserve, as, you think because you're, you're a Bucks guy. Sure, but this is still Milwaukee. This is still Wisconsin. We've only got three major league teams. And as my colleague over at onmilwaukee.com, Dave Beagle, once said, and I agree with him 100%, major league is major league. Everything else isn't. I don't... Think about that. I agree. Everything it's, else It's isn't. hard for me to really agree with anything Beagle says, I, but... Well, it, <laughs> we had a Brett Favre discussion once that didn't go well. I, Jason in Racine. Jason, you're on ESPN Wisconsin. Hey, Thunder, I want to thank you for, for having Doug on. He was the only reason why I listened to that other station before. So. Well, we're glad to have hey. Doug here. Thanks, Jason. And, uh, you can catch him on Yahoo Sports Radio and read his stuff on Milwaukee.com as well. Do I get you dig for a plug there? Oh, there you go. Yeah, every time you get a what plug. What do you got for us today, Jason? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I think the evidence of the record um, is the only reason why. I mean, I think it kind of shows that when the games at Bogut's not on the court, they haven't won a single game this year. So that I'm a little nervous of. Uh, granted, he doesn't give you much offensively, but I think he's, he's huge defensively, and I just think they're going to struggle tremendously. All right, thanks yeah. for the call, Jason. I, I, can't, I can't argue with Jason. I think he's no, right. Defensively, I agree with him. Um, I have a lot of problems with the way this team is constituted. I have a lot of problems with Andrew Bogut's basketball game. You know, Rick Majerus told us before the draft that he was not a number one pick. Now, he didn't say take Paul or Darren Williams or Marvin White. He didn't know who to pick. Mm -hmm. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I, don't, I think, uh, but you know, my years um, in Milwaukee, I also had, you know, Ryan Braun there as, you know, as well. So I think uh, it's, going to be, it's going to be awesome to have a, another, uh, you know, Another MVP type player, uh, you know, to play with. The new richest man in Major League Baseball, Prince Fielder. I believe next year, the fifth highest paid player behind A Rod, Cliff Lee, Ryan Howard, and Albert Pujols. Yeah. 
Sounds about right. Does that war- does his production warrant that for the current market? Yes. Okay. Um, in about six years, are the Tigers going to be ruining the day that they signed Prince Field? But you know what? I don't think so. I don't if think they so get because... five or six years out of him, they'll be happy. Because in six years, Mike Illich, if he's still with us, will be eighty-nine years old. Yeah. And he wants to win now, and he's got the money. The man's a billionaire. You can't take it with you, so sign the check. What difference does it make to him? His errors are taken care of. Well they, got all that, they got all the pizza money. My name is Mitch Nellis, a.k.a. Thunder. The voice you hear is Doug Russell. He is our cousin sub of the day. Better bread, better subs, cousin subs. We've been talking about Andrew Bogut. No, not about the Milwaukee Bucks necessarily, but about Andrew Bogut specifically. Rick in Madison writes in, Mitch at ESPNWisconsin.com. That's Mitch at ESPNWisconsin.com. I see no reason why Andrew Bogut can't stay healthy and play a full and successful season. I also think Mark Pryor's rehab has been coming along nicely, and he should be ready to go on opening day. Oh, Mark Pryor. Nicely done, Rick. Major League Baseball's all-time leader in simulated strikeouts. Hey, those count for something, right? That should count for like a third... Where is he? Of a strikeout. Where, where is Pryor? Didn't he go now? to San Diego? San Diego. I think he went to the Yankees after that, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Man. You want no, to talk I don't, about I don't a guy think who... it's happening for him. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Way to go out I'm on the way there. Exactly. Thanks a lot. My pleasure. 1-800-990-3776. 1-800-990-3776. Andrew Bogan. Can he ever stay healthy? Can he ever play a full season? Are the Bucks? Just out of luck on this one because he's got the contract and he has no trade value and you just got to suck it up Mm -hmm. and go with Andrew Bogan. Also, as Doug has been alluding to, how does this affect the Bucs in the community? Now, we talk a lot about how the Milwaukee Brewers are the state's team. You can come from Fond du Lac, Eau Claire, Superior, Green Bay, Madison to come to a Brewers game. You always know there's going to be a Brewers game. They have the roof, mm-hmm. and they're a winning team. Well, the Milwaukee Bucks may not play in as good weather, but you have the schedule. You know the, there's going to be the, a game. The Bulls come to town. The Lakers come to town. Yeah. In a non-shortened season, every team makes at least one visit. They're not drawing good, well attendance, and part of that is because they have weeknight games that mm-hmm. are tougher to get to than weekend games. But how does... Andrew Bogut's injury potentially affect the long-term health of the franchise, not the product on the court. There is an old adage in sports that I believe firmly in. It's a mantra. Okay. Winning cures everything. Yes. If the Remember just two years ago, that whole fear of the deer run that the Bucks had? I, I do. They were the hottest thing in town. They were fun. I mean, we were painting our faces red. Right. They were and we were wearing antlers on our heads. I wrote in my column today at Milwaukee.com uh, about the Bogut injury, how you could hear the screams when he hit the uh, the deck okay, uh, from the upper deck. Yeah. And somebody uh, emailed me and said, did you mean that literally? How would you know? Here's how I know. I was in the upper deck that day, and I heard him screaming I, because I couldn't get better seats. I was going to say, first because of all, what were you doing in the upper deck? Because everybody wanted to go, and those were the best seats that I could get. Okay. It was the thing to do. It was The, the weather was starting to get nice. I mean, today's yep. a beautiful day for April, uh, even though it's still January. It was January. a good opponent. It was a good opponent at the time. The Suns were a good team at the time. Yep. And the place, I don't think it was sold out, but it was pretty close. And it was the hottest ticket in town. And like you said, we were painting our faces. Everybody was enraptured by this basketball team, and they were caring about a sport that they hadn't cared about in so long because 
This city isn't unlike most cities, most smaller cities around the country. We just crave a winner. And they were winning, and they were playing good defense. They were thriving under their relatively new head coach. Rookie Brandon Jennings. Rookie Brandon Jennings. And Bogut was having a breakout season, and then he shattered his arm. And they had just like I think it was either the night, but I know it was the game before, but it was either or the game after, right around there, when they were clinching their playoff appearance down there at the United Center in um, in Chicago. John Hammond hugged me after the game. Wow! And it was just a whole culmination of wow, this team is ahead of schedule. Yep. We believe in John Hammond's plan. Yep. We see the plan, and. It's all coming to fruition, and everybody was jumping on board. And now everybody's jumped off board because they haven't been able to win since. He was putting together a team similar to what he put together in Detroit, at least what our thought was. No real superstars necessarily, but a number of good players. Interchangeable parts. Even now, Mm -hmm. he's put together a team that has pretty good depth. I mean, they go eight or nine deep of decent players. But right now, that's all they are. They're just decent players. And, And to your point, and it's an excellent one, about the way that the Pistons were built in Detroit. I mean, who was their superstar? Who was their lockdown first ballot Hall of Famer? I can't... I mean, they had some good no, players. I mean, Chauncey Belts Chauncey was, was a very good player. But ben Wallace was a great defensive player. Rasheed Wallace, when he had his head screwed on straight and wasn't... Was a very good player. Was a very good player. But they didn't have lockdown Hall of Famers. Like, right. um, with the Lakers, you've got Kobe. Kobe and Shaq. And, and Shaq back in the day. And in Miami, Dwayne Wade and Shaq back in the day. And, and, Al, San Antonio, and Al LeBron. Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan, David Robinson yep. before them. I mean, these championship teams generally have guys that are going to wind up in Springfield. Almost always. Except for the Detroit Pistons. And then when John Hammond was brought here, I mean, he was, you know, along with Joe Dumars, the architect of those great Pistons teams. And you saw that same thing start to recycle here. But it wasn't able to sustain itself. Right. And we saw it when John Hammond came here and we saw the Pistons mm-hmm. kind of go backwards. Yeah. They went and signed Ben Gordon and Charlie Villanueva mm-hmm. to huge contracts. Right. Guys who are nice role players, but that's what they are. They're yeah. role players. And so we thought here in Milwaukee, here in Wisconsin, as the sports fan, we got the real architect. Mm-hmm. Dumars is getting all the credit, but it was really him and who was doing everything. But we've had some questionable draft picks. You know, John Salmons was good. For a short spurt, mm-hmm. got bad. But listen, they dealt him. Right. They traded for Corey McGetty and, and, and realized he was terrible and got rid of him. So John Hammond has made a mess, and he's made his own mess. He inherited a mess from Larry, but he's also made his own mess. He is working more diligently, I think, than past regimes to clean up his own mess. Well, and here's the other thing that John Hammond has that those other uh, administrations before him did not have, and that's the, the freedom to do that. Right. When, when, if John Hammond wants to trade for John Salmons, John, the feeling that everybody gets, not just here in Milwaukee but around the NBA, is that unlike Larry Harris before him, John Hammond has the freedom to make that trade. And when it blows up like it did last year in a bad way, then John can go out and trade John Salmons away and bring in Bino, who, you know, Bino's a nice player. But I'd, I'd rather have him than Salmons. I'd rather, well, I mean, at least Bino can hit a shot. Salmons, right. for, and that's what. Salmon's M.O. was. He could play some defense for you. And he was very good. He was averaging almost 20 points a game uh, at the end of the season in 2010 after the trade uh, with uh, Chicago. But last season, okay, he had a bad knee for the first, I don't know, month or so of the year. And then he just didn't perform at all. And he was signed to this major contract. But John got rid of it. He's a master at that. He's a master of getting out of the messes that have been created, either by him or by Larry Harris before him. 
Uh, you know, dealing Bobby Simmons is an example of that. Absolutely. But you've got to mm-hmm. you've got to draft better and at least try to. I wouldn't say bring in a superstar because you're not going to do that via free agency. But maybe you can get lucky and draft one. We teased it earlier. When we come back, we're going to ask Doug about the Packers player he can live without. Andrew Bogut out 8 to 12 weeks. Jeff Jeff Sports coming up at 415. Jason Wilde around 440. What Packers player could Doug live without? You heard it here yesterday. We asked the question, what Packer, or should I say what Packers, I'm going to get it exactly as we asked it on Facebook.com slash Homer and Thunder. Who is the one Packers player you don't want to see on the team next year? Um, and uh, we we kept track, we kept percentages. We did not allow people who voted twice. So if you voted twice, you actually didn't vote at all. So thank you for wasting your vote. <laughs> You're a stickler, man. Oh yeah, hardcore. Okay, Jermichael Finley, twenty four percent. I can Jer- see that. Jared Bush, fourteen percent. AJ Hawk, Ryan Grant, and Charlie Pepper all at twelve percent. Okay. Have I mentioned? Yes. From those five names? Yes. The one that you would put? Yeah. Um, and you already said that it was not Jermichael Finley. It wasn't Jermichael Finley. 1-800-990-3776. If you didn't get to vote yesterday and you still want to vote. Um, I'm guessing it's between... Well, you told me already, so I'm not really guessing. Before you told me, I would have guessed it was between Hawk and Grant. Because I would have thought you just... You know, Bush and Pepper to me, backup guys in the secondary, whether mm-hmm. they're on the team or not... Yeah, you don't want to have to rely on them to be starters next year. You know, Pepper got <laughs> Might have a choice. Right. Pepper got thrown into a situation with right. the Collins injury. Bush got thrown into a situation because Shields underperformed so badly that mm-hmm. he ended up starting for Shields in the playoff game. Um, so I would have guessed between Hawk and Grant. And I know you told me earlier that your answer is AJ Hawk. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything special. What does AJ Hawk do? He's just another guy. He's just another guy. Who's out there? Doesn't do anything remarkable. Right. And to that point, it was fine last year when he was your seventh or eighth best defensive player. Mm-hmm. You can be just another guy as number seven or eight out of 11. Sure. You're not going to have, but, you know, Hall of Famers all the way around. Right. It doesn't work that way. But when Nick Collins is hurt, mm-hmm. when Charles Woodson is not having the same year he had the year before, when Tremont Williams isn't having the same year, when Sam Shields isn't having the same year, when Cullen Jenkins, when Cullen Jenkins is in isn't Philadelphia, there, all of a sudden you go from seven to Two. A guy, you need, yeah, two, three, four, even four. A.J. Hawk is not good enough to be that guy. And no. so he got under, you know, he was under a microscope earlier in his career. Sure. And there was a lot of negativity surrounding him because he's not living up to his hype as the high draft pick. Number but, five well, overall selection. Right. And look, as we've seen, sometimes guys bloom a little bit later Vernon in their Davis, careers. Who was picked one pick after A.J. Hawk. And... The year prior to that, when it was Alex Smith who was cha- yep. chosen instead of so, uh, Aaron Rodgers. The jury's still out on Alex Smith. Well, oh, he had really good, bloomed. Oh, he had a yeah, pretty good year. Absolutely Didn't turn the ball good over year. at all. Nope. Matured tremendously under Jim Harbaugh. Right, but, but he, do you he was terrible that the for next, six years. Right, and do you expect that from him for the next five years? Probably not. I mean, the I mean, odds. How, how good can he really be? I think, well, I mean, if he's disciplined like he was this year, I think Alex Smith can be very good. But... You know, A.J. Hawk, I think the jury is, is out on him. I mean, so what are, does he do above and beyond that a number 5 overall draft pick? Or not even that. Forget. What does he do above and beyond as an NFL starter? Nothing. I mean, he just... 
He fills space. Yeah. He can run forward and backward. Mm -hmm. He can't change change direction. No. At all. His coverage skills are limited. Questionable. <laughs> limited is a good way to put Whichever. it. Whichever. Well. <laughs> yep. And so AJ Hawk, certainly at the top of that list. No surprise. one 800 3776 We'll continue this into the next segment after the sports centers. What Packer are you okay living without? And specifically, the conversation is AJ Hawk right now. Um, because high draft pick, good guy. Yeah, great guy. But does that mean you can be good enough with him on your defense where where, where they need him to be mm -hmm. to win another Super Bowl? I think he needs I, he just needs to get better. Either he needs to get better or he needs to go. He's Doug Russell. I'm Mitch Nellis. It's time to start living the dream. No weak sauce allowed. Live from the Time Warner Cable Studios with Mitch bringing the thunder. Here's Emmy Award winner, Homer. Good afternoon, continuing the Homer and Thunder Broadcasting Network. My name's Mitch Nellis, some call me Thunder. He's Doug Russell, Yahoo Sports Radio on Milwaukee.com. We're broadcasting live from the Time Warner Cable Studios in warm, balmy, nice enough that Mrs. Thunder took the dog out for a three-mile run outside today. Nice. Balmy Milwaukee. It's beautiful yeah. out. She was fired up that she got the outside run in. We're happy for her. <laughs> FM, yeah. FM 100.5 ESPN Madison 540 ESPN Milwaukee continuing yesterday's discussion who is the one Packer you don't want on the team next year and with a special focus on Doug's pick AJ Hawk Mitch at ESPNWisconsin.com all caps in bold AJ Hawk the guy made as many plays this year as you, me, and Doug combined, <laughs> that came in from Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Andrew says, also, yes. if we get rid of A.J. Hawk, though, who's going to make tackles 8 to 10 yards down the field? That's true. No one in the NFL comes up and wraps the running backs up better <laughs> than A.J. Hawk when they're past him and into the secondary than A.J. Hawk. But here's the decision that Ted Thompson had to make after last season, and it was between Nick Barnett and A.J. Hawk. Correct. And he decided to let Barnett go, I think, for a couple of reasons. Number one... Barnett's obviously a lot more outspoken. A.J. Hawk's a nicer guy, but Nick Barnett, more outspoken, but he was also drafted by Mike Sherman right? as opposed to being my guy. Wasn't a Ted guy. He wasn't a Ted guy. Exactly. And I think that played a part in the decision. And, and Nick, look Barnett had a, Nick Barnett had a pretty good year, didn't And he? that's what my other point was going to be. Nick Barnett had a Pro Bowl caliber, didn't get named right. to the Pro Bowl for whatever reason, but he had a Pro Bowl caliber type of season in Buffalo. He was great with the Bills. Yep. And A.J. Hawk was just, meh. I mean, he was he was a seat filler. If that. He was a seat filler at the Academy Awards. That's that's the best thing that I can say about A.J. Hawk. Barry in Illinois. Barry, you're on ESPN Wisconsin. Doug, Mitch, great to hear both of you guys working together, driving on my way home. Love this conversation. As a Bears fan, it's able to watch the Packers with kind of a, not a rooting eye unless they're playing my Bears. A.J. Hawk doesn't make plays. You don't see him throughout a game. You don't see him making an impact. But I do want to get your thoughts on Jermichael Finley and what the Packers fans are thinking. As a free agent, obviously he's going to get a lot of looks around the league. When I watch the Packers, they have home run hitters over the field. They need a guy who's going to go to the middle and be reliant to just catch pass. 
Yeah, Barry, uh, and uh, you, you asked the question about Jermichael Finley. Jermichael Finley won the poll. Uh, 24% of Packers mm-hmm. fans wanted him not back. And I believe it's I didn't I voted for Chad Clifton. But the well, argument... The uh, argument you may get your wish. Right. And I think I will. And I think you will, too. Um, the, the reason... the But the argument I made for Jermichael Finley was if he doesn't get the franchise tag, mm-hmm. then you're deciding between a long-term deal and a free agent. I don't want a long-term deal for Jermichael Finley. I either want to keep him hungry, or I'm not convinced that he can become the player that he thinks, that he Mike is. McCarthy thinks, that Aaron Rodgers thinks that he is and that he can be. I'm not getting. Listen, you can throw Vernon Davis out at me as many times as you want mm-hmm. as a guy who didn't fulfill his potential for years and years, and then all of a sudden this year became a stud. Right. He's yeah, still he's very much the type of guy that may burn you. He could leave and become everything everyone is saying he might be. But I remember when the Giants let Jeremy Shockey go and they thought Eli wouldn't have a, re- a receiver to hit and used Kevin Boss over the middle just to be consistent in those drops that I saw Finley this year really seem to hurt in some bigger spots. I'll give you a yeah, Packers and Barry, example. Thanks for the call. Thanks, Barry. I'll, I'll give you a Packers example from almost 20 years ago. Sterling Sharp. When he got injured and had to retire earlier than expected, right? the, the big concern was, well, you know, Brett Favre lost his, his best receiver. The Packers lost the best receiver that they have had since James Lofton. What's going to happen? You know what it did? It turned Brett Favre into a better quarterback, and he had to spread the ball around. He was forced to become better. One thing that Aaron Rodgers does not have a problem with is finding receivers to throw the ball to. But he does throw the ball to Finley over and over and over again. And, and for Finley, better or worse. Well, a lot of times it's worse because you've got to... Finding him is one thing. Him hanging on to the ball is another. Right. And Jermichael Finley, for as good as he says he is, for all the chirping that he does when he doesn't get the rock, you better hang on to it when you do. And he doesn't. At least not consistently enough. And I think that he knows that. I, I'm certain the coaching staff knows that. Mike McCarthy even talked about that in his final press conference of, this, uh, of but, the year. But also talked about how important he is to the right. future of the team because and how, how much they believe in him. Who's the second best tight end that they have? Crabtree? Corliss? Corliss, if, he, if healthy, but if, he's, if, he's not healthy. Well, he's not healthy, and he also, I mean, granted it was a rookie, his rookie season, and rookies have issues with you know NFL playbooks. But didn't but do anything he, special. Well, no, he didn't do anything special. He kept lining up wrong. Yeah. Ask ask Aaron Rodgers about that. Ronald in the key. Ronald. I like You're it. on ESPN Wisconsin. Russell in the afternoon. Russell in the... Oh, oh that's nice. What, is he stealing my job now? No, I'm not stealing. I'm not here to steal anybody's job, please. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a guest in the 540 ESPN house. Nice. Yes. What do you got, Ron? Um, so... Though I do, I'm really intrigued by the Phil's trade Aaron Rutt. No, never mind. Um, <laughs> I, I mine is Mike Neal. Okay. I yeah. You want to talk about the the hole that really cost us? There's nothing on offense that we lose next year that is going to cripple us. The offense is just that good. So if we lose Finley, all we do is lose a guy that has a lot of potential, but somehow is the bigger guy and still alligator arms. If we would have just had that defensive pass rusher one more, I think it would be night and day on this defense. And and Mike Neal was and, 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 and Mike Neal can't stay healthy. Right. Thanks for the call, Ron. I mean, th- this has gone on now for how long has Neal been with the two, team? Two years. Two years. And he hasn't stepped on the field for more than what three games. Uh, he, you know, last 
during the the preseason or the abbreviated training camp when he banged his knee yeah. and it was no big deal. Oh, I'm going to be fine. No. Not a big deal. Wrong. Week after Wrong week answer. Oh, it's fine. I'm going to be back. I'm working my way back. Yeah, he's working his way back, but he and he looks great in the weight room. He's you know he's ripped. I mean, yeah. he is yoked. Doesn't mean he can get on the football field. Right. Accountability and availability, and he has not been either. No, he's not. And what they say accountability and availability, but as you mentioned with Ted's guys versus right. guys from previous regimes. They give Ted gives his guys a pass. Now mm-hmm. that's that's Mike saying. That's not Ted. You know, Mike says available and accountable. That's not. You know, we we assume Ted has similar mantra, but that's not necessarily his mantra. He <laughs> likes to hold on to his guy. <laughs> How long was Justin Harrell with this team? Too long. Accountability and availability. That's so, the mantra so, from the head coach. But it's you're right. It's not from Ted. Right. And I think there's some at least minor disconnect there. Well, in Ron Brown, Mike Neal, it. it's not a person. But Homer yesterday brought out right outside linebacker. Now, he doesn't know if that's Walden, if that's Zombo, if that's mm. Jones. You know, which one of those, we asked the question, which one of those, by not being on the team next year, would force them to make the biggest move at right out? You know, if Jones isn't there, they probably don't make a big move. They mm-hmm. think they can go with Walden and Zombo. But if Walden's not there, do they then think they have to make a move? Or no matter what, if one of those three guys isn't there... Do they just think they're fine with the other two? Because they can't think that, can they? They can't. None of those three players at right outside linebacker are good enough to make up for the lack of a pass rush that Cullen Jenkins, when he was healthy, provided this team. Correct. And that's one of the reasons, probably the biggest reason, that Clay Matthews' uh, sack numbers were down. They didn't even touch the quarterback this year. And you can talk about Clay Matthews pursuing the run all you want, and, and and he's fine. But that's not where he makes his bread and butter, and that's where the Packers were decimated this year from a defensive standpoint. They couldn't put any pressure on the quarterback. You've got your defensive secondary, either your safeties or your cornerbacks, just trying to jump every route to create turnovers, and they created more than anybody else. But, but, they all, but yet, right, the flip side of that is they got burned more than anybody else as well. It was a gambling defense that didn't win enough gambles. And at some point, it was you knew it was going to burn you because the defense was giving up too many yards, and at some point you knew, just because of the law of averages, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, and I think he's the MVP of this league without question yep. or doubt in a franchise quarterback and a, you know, the face of maybe not just the Packers but the NFL, that having been said, at some point he was going to have a very human game. And he had that very human game, had two of them. One yep. against Kansas City and, and one in the playoffs against, against the Giants. Giants. 1-800-990-3776. Jeff from Jeff Sports. Coming up next, call up, ask all your questions. Ask about getting your Packers stock framed because uh, Jeff Sp- from Jeff Sports is uh, certainly uh, keeping his hands busy getting that done for everyone who got stock over the holidays. one 800 3776 Jeff from Jeff Sports. Clay was writing me yesterday about when I'm going to come back to it. He was popping off about how many followers he has because they announced that in the in the meeting yesterday that we could tweet. And I admit, I was sitting next to Clay and gave him a little nudge because he's a big time uh, Twitter guy. But it's going to make a return. I miss it. Just got to got to think about how I want to return. I got to kind of return with a with a bang here. Well, his last tweet before going Twitter silent. Hey, Rogers? Yep, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Thursday 
They opened on that Thursday night. His last tweet was a day or two before that, talking about how he wished In-N-Out Burger delivered. He was that would be cool. I wish In-N-Out Burger well, delivered, I and I wish it was here. Wisconsin. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Wednesdays with Wildy, alliteration. What's up? Uh, actually, Tuesdays with Aaron, the Aaron Rodgers show, uh, which was heard Wednesday this week uh, with Aaron's travel scheduled to Hawaii. We'll hear from Aaron again next week. Mitch is the only guy I like on the show. Man, <laughs> shock. That's just good stuff. You you paid Dragon to play that, didn't you? Uh, you know what? Me and Chuck, we go way back. Okay. We're like, we're tight. All right. Yeah. Aaron Charles Rogers, Chuck. I see. His friends call him Chuck. Yeah. I, so. I knew you were going somewhere with that. But. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, that's, so that was Aaron Rodgers with Jason Wildey. That's so Lee Remmel of you. <laughs> nice. Uh, do I get the press box named after me? Or uh, You may. There'll be a new press box in two years. There you go. So maybe that'll be named Will after you. Will it be you. in the end zone? Yes. Though? Yes. We, I don't like that. Well, as, so I, as the Packers will tell you, tough. Yeah. That's where they're all being put in the NFL now. I guess it makes sense. He's Doug Russell. I'm Mitch Nelson. Big bucks. This is the Homer and Thunder Broadcasting Network. Doug today is our cousin sub. Better bread, better subs. Cousin subs. You can read his stuff at onmilwaukee.com. Uh, wrote about Andrew Bogut and the injury and how it's uh, going to affect the Milwaukee Bucks. But also uh, this weekend uh, we'll be on his way to Indianapolis. We'll yes. be uh, writing a lot of uh, about the matchup in the big game that's in Indianapolis. A week from Sunday. The I game allowed, that, not, that dare that? not speak its name. Right. Uh, we're in programming right now, so we can say Super it's, Bowl. But it's a super game. It sure is. Played you, in a bowl-like you know stadium. You're not allowed to say Super Sunday anymore. Yeah, they, they that to the list. Well, yeah, well, they wanted to ban the big game, too. Right. And then they finally dropped that. Because I, what does the NFL have to lose, really, by people talking about their sport? That's what I've never been able to understand. Nothing to... They to limit everything. It, but let's say... Um, someone on the sales side opens up a uh, a sales marketing account partnership with a club disreputable is strip. <laughs> and, I love how you talk in code. Yes, this you. is great. And let's say that club that teases strip mm-hmm. sure wants to somehow incorporate Super Bowl Sunday. They're going to do it anyway. Special. They're going to do it anyway, but. But at least this gives the NFL the opportunity to not associate, you know, that not but anybody can just use the brand that I, that you need permission to use it or that nobody uses it and only they can use it. And they're very clear. You can make fun of the fact in mm-hmm. advertising that you can't use it, mm-hmm. but you still can't use it. Which I get. If you don't want a club that, uh, engages in teasing. Sure. Uh, with, you know, few clothes being worn. Is that code enough? Um, I'm just I need to take a Mitch Nellis no, Michinella- Thunder lesson about code speak. I'm just surprised speak. no one has, op- has opened up um, stripping chicks and chicken strips. I think that would be a... <laughs> There's your million-dollar idea. I think so. If, if the radio thing never works out for you... Well... Then, then will I Derek Turnbow it or will I John Axford it? Can I think I actually close on that idea. I think you should. <laughs> hey, very nice. Uh, look, I, I don't mind them with the Super Bowl if they want to protect that name. But when they start to threaten injunctions for people using the big game, I mean, come on, that's the a big, little ridiculous, right? And I think that the only way that they were told that they couldn't use it was because of the college, the big game between Ohio wow. State and Michigan, right? 
Yes. Or is it is it that was, the game no, that, or the big game? No, that's big, that, that that was grandfathered in. Okay. Oh no, 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 no. It's um it's Stanford Cal. Stanford Cal, Stanford okay. Cal and it was one of game. those. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they said you can't you know, there already is a big game. Mm-hmm. Big game. You can't right. trademark it. But it's just ridiculous. I mean, the the NFL doesn't lose anything by people and businesses from using their event that is a worldwide event right. and the biggest week in the biggest annual week annual sporting event on the calendar in the world i mean the world cup is every four years the olympics is every four years right um but on an annual March basis Madness it's the biggest big, thing but, but not as big as the super bowl it's not as big as the super bowl so i don't think the nfl really loses anything by having people talk about their game and maybe making a buck off of it I don't think that's a bad thing. No, Profit but, is not a bad thing in a capitalistic society. But the NFL probably say, listen, everybody who is going to do that is going to do it anyway. They're going to make a buck off sure. it. Sure. They just have to be creative. Okay. Which I, you know. Yeah, but you can't, you can't legislate everything. You can't legislate. No, no. You, okay, you can't use super, super Bowl or the Super Bowl. Okay, fine. But then you can't say, well, a couple of years later, well, now you can't use the big game. Now you can't use Super Sonic. And What's you next? Can't say, you can't Where's say, the, it's a slippery you can't slope. Say Patriots, Giants. Right. And you can say New England. And New, New England football. Right. Oh, okay. The like, New we don't England know what you're talking club. about. And the Packers do the same thing. It's right. like, you, you can't say Packers. It's Green Bay football or Green and Gold. Nope. And, and Are we stupid? Have, we know what it if is. You have Green Bay, they would want to trademark Green Bay football. Green Bay. Green and gold. I'm surprised they haven't Lambo. tried. I'm surprised they haven't tried. Maybe um, you can do. I'll, I'll maybe you can do Lambo. Actually, I'll bet they have. I'll bet they have. They tried. probably have. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if they have. Some of them and some of them worked, and mm. some of them were protected or are protected, and some of them aren't. I mean, Lambo pack. probably is protected. How about Go Pack Go? How about Pack? I don't the know. Pack. Well, is this trademarked? Go Pack Go. Probably. Can you, can you use that in a commercial? Probably not because right. somebody wrote that. Okay. And somebody recorded that. And that's, I would think, not being an attorney, obviously, I would think that would be their intellectual You're property. You're an attorney? I know. I play I it on the radio. Misled. I know. <laughs> I know. He's, that's what I'm here for legal advice and sports talk. I like it. That's, and not necessarily in that order. He's Doug Russell, Mitch Nellis, Jason Wilde. He's coming up. And since it's 38 degrees here in Green Bay to get that car washed. So. I thought I had this timed out perfectly. That's not the case. But the good thing is I now have an iPhone, and I was able to listen very clearly at this hour to the show and tell you that I believe we were informed by the Packers that the show known as Green and Gold Today today could not be named Lambo Live, which it was early uh, in its infancy. Now, and and I remember those discussions, and I couldn't remember if it was told we couldn't or that it was frowned upon. Frowned upon, like franchise tagging a guy you intend to trade? Exactly. That's uh, a good segue. It is. That's a, that's a good question, and I don't know the answer to that, but as Bill would say, I don't care if it's frowned upon. If you're telling me I can't do it, that's one thing, but if it's frowned upon, I'm going to do it and deal with you frowning at me. So speaking of frowned upon and terms you can use and, can't, and you can't use, how vigilant have you found the Packers to be? Now, most of what you write is editorial content, so you can say Super Bowl or Packers. But but do you see press releases ever? Do you get word coming down from on high about things you can or can't say? Oh, yeah. I get uh, Well, not me personally. I mean, on the, uh, like you said, on the editorial side, it's not an issue. Uh, but I get press releases. I got one from the 
National Chicken Board, I think, about there, how many... There is a National Chicken Board. I believe so. I think that's there, what the breaking news is. <laughs> the, uh, and, and by the way, just if I can state for the record, I've always had a lot of respect for Doug. It's neat to have him be the cousin subs. Some of the day, it's good to actually Absolutely. talk to you. Thanks, guys. Work related, so Thank happy you. to happy to have this opportunity. Likewise, um, the uh, yeah, the the National Chicken Foundation. Oh, I don't know what they're called, and they're probably. I'm going to get a long a long pecking message for saying this, but <laughs> uh, they sent out an email press release about how many chicken wings will be consumed on. Uh, on Super, I think they said Super Sunday, which you guys are saying is right. I don't think you're allowed to say Super Sunday. You may be right, but uh, yeah, I get press releases all the time from various, especially before the Super Bowl, and especially last year when the Packers were in it and I was there. Uh, that if you're not an official Super Bowl sponsor, they uh, they have to find creative language to describe the, as you called it, the big game. Let me ask you this. Okay, so the Lambo in the name of the show was frowned upon, but can you say when you're in your office, uh, can you call it the Lambo Field Studios? And these are things I am actually very interested in, believe it or not. Uh, as a matter of uh, policy, like when Aaron Rodgers and I do the show or I uh, do Green and Gold today, um, I am not able to say that I am in my office at Lambeau Field. I can say I'm in my office, but I believe another uh, radio station has uh, uh, an agreement to be the official Packers station, I see. and they're the only ones allowed to have an office gotcha. or a studio. Or a studio. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Jason, will well, you join us on the Time Warner phone line? The things we learn every day. Wash? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I see the guy pulling up. That's a bad sign. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, you made the segue earlier on about uh, being frowned upon the franchise tag um, as we we still have quite some time before we get to that point. But have you given it any more thought? Do you, do you think the Packers wouldn't really care about what is frowned upon? But will Ted do what Ted wants to do regardless of what the NFL wants him to do? Yeah, I think Ted's going to do what gets him draft picks. And as we've talked about before, the Matt Flynn compensatory pick, even if Matt Flynn turns out to be the next Matt Hasselbeck or, better yet, turns out to be the next Brett Favre in terms of talent after the trade, they're still not going to get a great compensatory pick. The best they can do is a third-round pick, which is at the end of the third round, remember. So... You know, it's basically, what is that? That's a hundred and some picks in, depending upon how high of a compensatory uh, in the third round it would be. So I, I think he wants more than that. Now, there's a lot of moving parts to this, kind of like the car wash. Um, you have to get something done with Jermichael Finley, for one, because you want to be able, if you can't get something done, you probably want that franchise tag to use on him especially considering he's so against it that he wants to be classified as a wide receiver if they're going to do that to him. Uh, in addition to that, you're going to have to clear the cap space if you're still using the tag when free agency starts on March 13th. Now, you put the, you, you put the tag on before that, and so conceivably you could put the tag on and consummate a trade before having to clear the cap space, but... You're talking about a $14.5 million cap hit. That means 
you're going to have to make decisions on uh, Donald Driver, who's got that roster bonus. They'd have to make that decision anyway. You'd have to make a decision on Chad Clifton. You may have to make a decision on restructuring or letting go, which I don't think they would do, Charles Woodson. I mean, Charles Woodson is another player. <laughs> and here we go. Woo! Charles Woodson is another player that has a big, big cap number. This did not go very well at all. I love it. This is great. <laughs> it's not, Jason, it's in almost, all honesty, it's not as loud as you think it is. Yeah, and it's almost like we're getting our car washed with you. It, 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 somewhere Yoda is screaming at his uh, computer. But um, I really thought I had this time better. I apologize. That I, I think that they're going to be able to put themselves in position to use it if they want because they have to clear cap space anyway to be able to add to be able to sign some of their guys now when you look at where they are cap wise and and packer report my buddy bill huber did a good story on this they're going to have to make some moves right now they're at about 113 million with their 60 guys they have under contract that's a lot of money right now to have tied up when you haven't even signed your free agents yet so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for them because they're definitely in a cap position where not only do they have a lot to spend now, but they've got B.J. Raji, they've got uh, uh, Clay Matthews, and they've got Aaron Rodgers down the road. Plus, Greg Jennings is going to the last year of his contract. So they've got a lot to worry about in the coming coming weeks, years, everything in terms of free agents. As far as difficult decisions that have to be made, I mean, I know it was talked in Arsium, uh, the, you know, both on the air and off the air the last 48 hours, exactly who the Packers can afford to not have next year. But, you know, for a guy like your Michael Finley, who at least the listeners to this program don't necessarily want to come back, I mean, what is his value on the open market playing devil's advocate if the, the Packers let him go? I think the market for him would be huge. I mean, I understand why fans are frustrated with him. I, I don't want to... I don't want to be insensitive to their concerns. At the same time, he's 24 years old and has a lot of room to get better, and he's pretty darn good now. Ah, they won a Super Bowl without him, as Homer and Mitch like to point out, but I think you got a better chance if you've got him on your team. Jason, as always, thanks. Enjoy uh, getting the car washed. And, the car uh, is clean. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Excellent. And uh, we'll look for you uh, at uh, the blogging and the tweeting, and uh, we'll keep up with you. Have a great weekend, Jason. All right, guys. Take care. Be good. Jason Wilde. It's time to start living the dream. The dream. No weak sauce allowed. Live from the Time Warner Cable Studios with Mitch bringing the thunder. Here's Emmy Award winner Homer. This is the Homer and Thunder Broadcasting Network with special guest Doug Russell. I kind of like the way that Matt closed out his update. Yeah, that was kind of cool. For those I enjoyed that. Madison, who uh, did not get Matt Salmon's update here in the Time Warner Cable Studios, now back to Doug Russell and the other guy. I did like the high five that the two of you had yep. in the middle of the update after as well. After the intro and the um, and our advertising sponsor, and he introduces himself. It's time for a high five. This, this is what the people in Madison miss. That's true. Yeah, well, it's very uh, sad. One day. I have a feeling that Homer and I will go Mike and Mike on the updates. You know how Mike and Mike in the morning, they do their own sports and updates? Yeah. Now? I think Homer and I at some point will do that. But then what would Matt do? Maybe 
we'll bring Matt in for 90 seconds. Okay. He'll, he'll do a little. All right. And here's Matt with Bucks News. Okay. And he'll get to do Are you guys going to sit on the same side of the table right. as well? Actually, we should give Matt the Marquette News because he does the pregame and halftime show okay. of the Marquette broadcast. Okay. Well. Here's Matt with your Big East update. But, you know, Homer's the voice. No, nothing against Matt, of course. Right, right. But Homer's the voice of Marquette basketball. And yes, has been but, for how many right, years? Right, but that's his, you know, Marquette would probably get mad at me, but that's his side job. This is his main job. Well, I mean, Matt, let's see. Matt now is becoming the voice of Marquette basketball. I would say that Homer Hundreds works, what, here, 48 weeks a year? and Matt is huge in the 4-14 to 14 demo. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. I didn't. Yeah. I, well, that... You know, four well, to five year olds. Those are they those are key. Pre-game, and then and then it's bedtime. Yeah. So they get pre-game, and they don't get Homer then. Right. Exactly. And so Matt. Matt's their radio buddy. Right. Okay. I'm cool with that. Matt Matt takes him to bed. Like, so time for time time for bedtime. Like everybody. Jen Lattis' three year old Chase. Yes. Exactly. That's that's the demo that Matt is broadcasting to. That's what you're telling me. Yes, I am. Gotcha. Okay. One eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. If you're in the demo that Matt Salmon is broadcasting to, it's probably past your bedtime. Um, no, but talking about college basketball, and we've hit on the Bucks, yeah, we've hit on the Packers, and if you want to talk about the Bogut injury in the Bucks, feel free one eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. If you want to continue the Packers conversation about your player who you want off the team next year, you can also chime in on that eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. But I wanted to talk on college basketball because we don't often. Discuss college basketball until the end of February into March. You know, it's 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 on our radar, but it's kind of off the radar. Well, the Packers are not in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. so this year, college football, college basketball fans may be looking at college basketball a little bit earlier than they had last year. Marquette, seventeen and four, six and two in the Big Ten, tied for Marquette? second place. Marquette in the Big, Big East. Big East. Big East. Tied for second with Georgetown at 6-2. and two. So I guess officially they'd be in third place because they lost to Georgetown. The Wisconsin Badgers, 17-5. and 6-3 in the Big Ten. Half a game out of first place. There's a three-way tie for first place. Ohio State, Michigan State, and Michigan. Wisconsin, 17-5. and mm-hmm. Marquette, 17-4. and four. After a shaky start to both of their conference seasons, well, at the end of the non-conference right. season for Marquette, you know, with the SEC losses that they had, uh, you know, to Vanderbilt and LSU before that. Yep. I didn't think that they were going to turn the ship around as quickly as it seems as though they have. Same thing with Wisconsin. They're yeah. on a nice little roll here, too. They've, they've both rebounded nicely. Right. And Wisconsin, we thought, was going to be one and four in the Big mm-hmm. Ten. They lost and, three in a row. Right. And, and so Including and, two in a row at the Colson. And so one and three going into Purdue. Right. Things did not look good. Both teams, I believe, intern Howard lets me know, on five game winning streaks. Mm-hmm. Is it time to to turn some of our attention to college basketball? Not that we're not paying attention to it, but are we are we all in? Oh, I'll say this: I don't think we were paying attention to it because we're all in on the Packers, no doubt. And late truth, late in the calendar year, no, three hundred sixty five days a year. I mean, well, we are, yeah, we but are, I mean, we are all in. I, I agree. You know, you're, 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 you're right, about your Michael but, Finley but from there's now until a decision's made. That that's true. I'm not I'm not discounting that, but it, there's a heightened sense of. Maybe awareness or a heightened sense of, well, I, I'm going to pay attention to this while their season is still going on. And, of course, last year, the, the run that they had in the in the playoffs, that diverted all of our attention Absolutely. for that run. Well, the run is over now. The Bucks 
without Andrew Bogut, as we talked about in the first but hour of the before, program. Even with well, Andrew Bogut. Okay. The right. interest, the, the, listen. I'll, Nobody I'll, thinks they're going to make a run at an NBA title. Okay. And, and I'll start right here. Facebook.com slash Homer and Thunder. Yesterday, we threw out the question, what one Packer can you live without? We get 70 comments mm-hmm. today. Yeah. Andrew Bogut's out 8 to 12 weeks. How does that affect the Milwaukee Bucks on the court and off? We got nine comments. Number one, who cares? Yeah. Number two, the guy who just wrote, who cares? Number three, on the court, it'll affect their ability to win games. Off the court, I don't think it'll affect them that much unless they're going somewhere and they have to wait for him to catch up. <laughs> Number four, they can get a par- handicap parking sticker for the team bus, maybe. Number five, will they still lose? Number six, aren't the players still locked out? No wait from the local league attendance. The fans are now locked out. Number seven, it makes them better. Number eight, couldn't tell you. It's a box. I don't really follow them. And number nine, who? That's it. Nine comments. True. Six and of the nine don't care about the box. It's because of a couple of things. Number one, football is king. NFL is king. And, you know, you have to start with that basis of fact. Secondarily to that is but Bucks you said fans. winning. Well, I would say second is what you said earlier is about winning well, yeah, cures all ills. That's what I was going yeah, to say. Yep. Second, secondarily to football as king and the Packers are the most historical franchise in the most popular sport in North America. Okay, so there's that, that behemoth that neither the Brewers, no matter how good they are statewide, same thing with the Bucks, no matter how good they are, will ever hope to compete with that. But I think Bucks fans have been beaten down by so much losing over the years. And the fact that, you know, the statistic that I brought up when we were talking about Andrew Bogut in the 3 o'clock hour of the program, that in the Bradley Center era, which is now 24 years old, right, which is insane, they have made it out of the first round of the playoffs once, and one of those years was the first year the building was open. Right. And the other year, of course, was 2001. They haven't gotten out of the playoffs, out of the first round of the playoffs now in 11 years, in a league, and that most of the time they don't even make the playoffs, in a league that's statistically harder to not make the playoffs. When you talk about Bucks fans, I think Bucks fans are still paying attention on board. I think it's everyone else. It's, oh, everyone, it's, it's, it's not, everyone else who's kind of, maybe kind casual, of a Bucks fan. The casual Casual fan. Bucks fan. Yeah. Casual sports mm-hmm. fan. Someone who's looking for something to sure. pay attention to after the Packers season's over. It's the same thing that I was preaching you know, way back in 1995 about whether or not baseball fans were going to come back to baseball after the strike. Right. And because I'm such a baseball slappy. That you were in. I'm in. You right. don't have, don't market to me. Don't waste your time marketing to me because the day you come back, I'm I'm in. And yeah. the same thing can be said for the six or 7,000 hardcore Bucks fans that show up, that they're have in. season tickets. They're in. Don't, don't bother you. Wasting your time marketing to them because they're the ones that are already on board. You have to market to everybody else, and by doing that, it's winning cures everything. But do Marquette and Wisconsin have that type of? I mean, they're winning. They're mm-hmm. seventeen four. They're sure. seventeen five. They're both within sniffing distance of first place mm-hmm. in their conferences. Do they have that type of excitement surrounding their programs right now? No. And and they're both on five game winning streaks. How, how much, what will it take for that excitement level to build? I think it, number one, you've got to, I was at Tuesday's game, okay? Yep. And I saw you at Tuesday's game. Yep. At tip-off, the lower bowl was half empty. The upper deck never got anywhere close to full. I mean, I think there were maybe 11,000 fans that were at the Bradley Center. Uh, now, granted, the opponent, you know, South Florida, so, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a great marquee opponent, and it wasn't a weekend day. But it goes to show that even though Marquette fans 
You know, and most of them left before the game was over, too. Right. 20 point n- I mean, they're not as rabid as they would have you believe, okay? But I think it's time. I mean, they, they warrant the attention. Marquette is, they're better than I thought they were going to be. Yep. Marquette's a good basketball team. Wisconsin's a good basketball team this year as well. And yet, for the Nebraska game at the Kohl Center, the, the well, arena was, was half empty. Right, but that was also during the Packers game. Still. You know, so, I mean, but, tickets were sold. That game, I'll give, I'll give the fans a pass. As we said, Packers rule. Yeah, 365 days a year. And, and they tried to move the time, know, yada, 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 yada. 1-800-990-3776. We'll still take your Packers calls on your player you want off. We'll still take your calls on the Bucks and Andrew Bogut. Are you all in in terms of college basketball in this state? Milwaukee with a big win over Butler. Green Bay over big win over Valpo. And, of course, Wisconsin and Marquette, both with five-game winning streaks. They told me Detroit, and I was shocked that it would be Detroit. But I think it's a it's a great thing for the Detroit Tigers. Of course, Mr. Illich had a lot to do with that. He's one of my favorite people. So, you know, I think everybody's excited about it. And, uh, you know, it should be a go. Cecil Fielder, fat. Mitch Nellis, Doug Russell with you. This is ESPN Wisconsin, the Homer and Thunder Broadcasting Network. Homer out on his way to Philadelphia. He's probably landed by now, I think. Um, you think? Right about if they took off when they should have, which was around 3-ish or 3.30. It's about an hour and 10-minute flight, hour 20-minute flight. Yep. Um, so he might be on the ground. They might be out to a nice steak dinner or something like you that. You would hope so. I like yeah. Philadelphia. Early tip-off tomorrow, noon in Philly, 11 o'clock uh, here in the Midwest. Okay. The pre-game starts at 10.30 with Matt Salmon. So. Very nice. Um, we're talking college basketball, the market Golden Eagles. Tied for second in the Big East, tied with Georgetown. Um, a game and a half behind Syracuse. Two, yeah, a game and a half behind Syracuse. Uh, the Badgers are half a game out of first place in the Big Ten behind Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. At what point does that morph into excitement and even more than excitement? I mean, some sort of... Not, I wouldn't say euphoria, but but some sort of really. Hey, when's the next time they're playing? I gotta, I gotta. You know, last night was the first game on the Badger schedule mm-hmm. that I said I gotta watch this game. Was and that because just, of Crane or because of Wisconsin? No, it was because. Well, it was because it was Wisconsin, Indiana. Okay. It's because they were at home against a team that was ranked higher than them. Um, there is an element that you know that I do like. You know, but but last year I didn't have to watch the Indiana game because okay. Indiana stunk. And but so, because Indiana's good this year, and they've turned right, it around, and right. it was a good matchup, so, and it was a, so, it was so a Cre- close Cre- game the whole way. Right, Crean has a little juice, no doubt about it. And a survey question for another day. I'm still waiting for his post game news conference. Yeah, seriously. By the way, a- another um, a question for another day. A poll question I have is: If you're a Badgers fan, I'm assuming you don't like Tom Crean. Well, but there was there was a rivalry here <laughs> for a long time, but I want to hear from Marquette fans. If you're a Marquette fan. When Wisconsin and Indiana play, do you take notice? Do you cheer against Wisconsin just to cheer against Wisconsin because you always do? Or is there a little element that you cheer against Indiana because you don't want Crean to succeed? Or are you somewhere you're not sure how you feel about, and especially if Crean starts having some real success over the next couple seasons? Here's where I think Marquette fans are going to come down. Now, I didn't go to Marquette. Um, I've always said that if, 
I, I root for Marquette. I want them to do well. I really yeah. do. Except for one game a year, and that's the one against Wisconsin. Right. And that's it, because, you know, Marquette hates Wisconsin a lot more than Wisconsin hates Marquette. No Mar- doubt about it. Marquette looks at Wisconsin as the evil empire and everything that is wrong with the world, and Wisconsin looks at Marquette as the little annoying brother. So I think, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. So give us a call. Let us know. I think Marquette fans will come down and say, we don't want to ever see Wisconsin win, even if it's against Crean. Ever. And and there are still some Marquette fans. I don't think it's a majority anymore. But Crean did some good things when he was at Marquette. Final four. Final That's four. I was say. Dwayne Wade, final four. Right. But even beyond that, got yep. them into the Big East. Yep. Without his efforts, the Amaguire Center, which is a jewel yep. of a facility, would That's never beautiful. have been built. And that's a big recruiting tool now for Buzz Williams. So there, there's a lot of good with Tom Crane. Absolutely. But he still left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. The way that he left, uh, the fact that, you know, it seemed as though he was dangling his name out there for every opening. Every, every year. Every single year. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, but there are still Marquette fans who are going to defend Tom Crane to the death for the good as opposed to some of the things that left a bad taste in other people's mouths. 800-990-3776. 800-990-3776. College basketball is getting hot in Wisconsin. Are you catching college basketball fever? Jason in Oak Creek. Jason, you're on ESPN Wisconsin. Afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, Hello, Jason. Jason. I, to me, I uh, just quickly touched on college basketball. The reason I'm not getting overly excited is because the NBA lockout, a lot of the main guys stayed in this year. So there's a, there's some teams that I, I cheer for both Wisconsin and Marquette, but I don't see any way that uh, Kentucky or North Carolina with Harrison Barnes or a Kentucky with Anthony Davis or even Jared Sollinger. I don't see how one of those three or four big teams don't win it this year. And that's why I'm just trying to temper my excitement until maybe they make it to the Final Four or something like that. But that's why I'm not getting into it. But uh, what I called about was the Bucks, and let me let me throw a, hypo, a quick hypothetical at you two guys. Imagine Andrew Bogut was 100% healthy. Imagine Andrew Bogut and the whole Bucks roster stays 100% healthy, gels and plays to their top potential, all 66 games this year. Mm-hmm. Where do they finish? Honestly, I think fourth, fourth in the East. I would say. Yeah, I think yeah, that exactly. they they can host a playoff series. Yeah, yeah. and and, and they everything have, goes no perfectly. Yeah. Championship. They have no chance at a championship. Agreed. They would never do better than that. They would no, do get no better than the fourth or fifth spot. Maybe a miracle for the third. They would not be lucky to even get to the Eastern Conference Championship, and then they would lose. This team is built to be 500, and that is the worst possible place you can ever be in any sport ever. You do never want to be a 500 team. You always want to be at the very top, like the Packers, or at the very bottom. And the Bucks, the Bucks need to bottom out. They have, that's the only way that they're going to have a chance because they, they, the way they're set up right now, they're in cap hell. They, they, they have virtually no flexibility, but yet they don't have any superstars. Every person on this team could be traded. I'm not, I, at this point, it's apathy for me. I, I really just want them to do as bad as possible. Just totally, and this is a great draft if you could get a top three pick. Like I said, in reference to the college basketball, you could have some really good people coming out that will, that should have came out last year, are going to come out this year. So this is a year, I, this, I'm glad Bogut got hurt because now they have a much better chance of doing worse. I, let, I, let, let, let me jump in here, Jason. Let, let, when the Bucks bottomed out the last couple of times, where did it get them? See, that's the problem is they've never done it. See, that's a, 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 a false illusion you have, Doug. And a lot, a lot of Bucks fans do. It's the Bucks never bought them out in consecutive years. When the Bucks went had the first overall pick with Bogut, they, they had, I believe it was a, a, 
right outside of the top ten the year before, and they had like the seventh the year after. Joe and, Alexander and was NBA number eight. Have to have a top pick. We never have a top pick back to back. We only and, we, and, and that well, year who does? screwed up because we would if we had we had to do that draft over taking either Chris Paul or Dan Williams. Well, hindsight's always twenty twenty, Jason. I, I hear what you're saying, but I mean, Bucks won twenty games. They wound up drafting Glenn Robinson. Maybe they should have gone with either Jason Kidd or Grant Hill. Yeah, but, but at least we went to the Eastern Conference Finals with Glenn. I, True. Saying, but it wasn't just Glenn. I mean, they also had Ray Allen. With a superstar. Ray Allen also fell into everybody's lap. And when, remember when he was traded for, I mean, the, the Bucks drafted Stephon Marbury. Mm, yeah. And then the, the Timberwolves at number six drafted Ray Allen, and then they swapped. Mm -hmm. And then everybody lost it at the Bradley Center uh, to Mike Dunleavy and Chris Ford, who were standing on the stage, even though they just traded for a superstar who then ultimately was obviously given away by Ernie Grunfeld and, and George Carl years later. But, I mean, it wasn't as though Glenn Robinson did it by himself. Well, no, no, no. There was good people. But my point is, is the only way you're going to get to that point again is by buying This team is built to be average. Just like I, that's why I asked you that question to begin with. This team right now is built. There's no superstar on this team. Andrew Bogut would be a great player if he's your third best player. Right now, he's by far and away our first. If he's even your second, you're like, uh, if he's your third, you're like, okay, we can do something here if Andrew Bogut's our third best player. But right now, he's by far and away our first. You're right. And Jason, thanks for the call. Um, Jason brings up some strong points about mm -hmm. what it takes to survive and to succeed in the NBA. This isn't just a Bucks problem. We, you know, we've seen this. Even teams that have gotten high picks. I mean, look at the Clippers year after year with yeah. top five picks. If you don't make the right picks, you're still not going right. to succeed. Michael Olawakandi comes to mind as a, as the number one overall pick. But if you draft well, if you get a couple of good draft choices and you do it well, like the Seattle Supersonics now Oklahoma City Thunder did. I mean, first by getting Kevin Durant and then Russell Westbrook. I mean, oh, you think you got a couple of all stars that you can build Jeff around. Green, and Jeff Green's a good complimentary player. Perkins, yeah. I mean, Sam Cassell on today's Bucks team might be their best player oh, in his A day. Absolutely would be. I but think. he was now granted he was part of the big three, but he was clearly number three of the three. Right. So, Except for every once in a while in a game they needed him, he'd go and score thirty five. Sure, but it was but he has far between, but he also he had, had that potential to do. But he also had a Hall of Famer in Ray Allen yep. and a pretty good spot-up shooter in Glenn Robinson. Absolutely. And and those were the guys that carried the load as opposed to having you know one guy who isn't a superstar. In seven years, Andrew Bogut hasn't made one all-star team. What is? I mean, that's just a fact. Right. And that's problematic. That's an, kind of an awkward, It's a, because of the dearth of centers. In the NBA, I mean, mm. we talk about these, especially Conference, the Eastern Conference, yeah, outside whole, of Dwight Howard. The whole NBA, it's Dwight Howard, and then for a number of years, Bogut is always kind of, you know, all right, next year he's going to make the All Star game, and mm. then something happens. Oh, next year he's going to make the All Star, game, and then something happens. I mean, the year he should have made it, you know, a couple years ago before he got hurt, when he was the fifteen and ten guy, mm -hmm. you know, that was his one shot. But the team wasn't very good, right? And so, and, and that hurts him. And so, if he had made one previously to that, mm -hmm. a lot of guys make it just because they've made them in the past. And, you know, you can make it on reputation, and that's not a bad thing in and of itself, but you you can't, you've got to get that reputation somehow at right. first, I if guess. If you haven't made one, you're not going to make it. 800-990-3776, taking your calls on the Bucks, but also on college basketball. Rodney writes in, Mitch at ESPNWisconsin.com, Mitch at ESPNWisconsin.com. I'm not all in on the Badgers yet. Between now and the Super Bowl is usually when I start turning my attention to college basketball. I've watched last night's game versus Indiana. Struggling to score points and struggling to get to the foul line make me believe the Badgers will not make it out of the first weekend of the tournament. Additionally, the schedule ahead is tough if Bucky beats Ohio State on February 5th 
That is when the buzz will start on Wisconsin. I think for so many, because college basketball, especially in years where it was, you know, your star players go for one year and then they're gone. Right. Unless you're really, really into it, it's tough for the casual fan to, you know, really identify with the players, even though you may identify with the school. So you really get into it when March rolls around and when the tournament rolls around and when you've got your afternoon games and you skip out of work and you, you know, get the, the coughs on Tuesday exactly. so you can plan your sick day on Thursday and Friday. I think there's a good possibility that uh, we might go out and try and get somebody, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, side of the ball or as we've done in the past, uh, draft, use one of our top draft picks to pick maybe an outside rusher or, a, you know, a defensive back. Aaron Rodgers, he's the quarterback. Mike Wilbon rocking some sweet purple on PTI today. It's nice. Uh, Thank you for clarifying. Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. Yes, I case. appreciate that. Well, there's, there's other Aaron Rodgers. There's other people is on there? earth. I mean, there is no other Aaron Rodgers. Is there another Aaron Charles Rodgers? That I don't know. Okay. Mitch Nell, Doug Russell. It's the Homer and Thunder Broadcasting Network. Doug is our cousin sub of the day. Better bread, better subs. Cousin subs. Talking about college basketball, a couple of 17 game winners in the state of Wisconsin, Marquette and Wisconsin. It seems that, look, I think the season, I don't think it in and of itself is too long. I just think there's too many non-conference games at the beginning that nobody cares about. I agree they don't care about them, but... I mean, do you care about you know, Savannah State or Mississippi no, Valley but, State? but at eight, nine conference games, which is where they are, means you're halfway done with your conference season... Now you're in the thick of it. Now you are. Yeah. Now you're in. But uh, it takes. Is it a problem that it takes three quarters of the season to get there? Yes. But is it also a cultural problem that in Wisconsin, and not a problem, but a fact that the Packers are so good mm-hmm. that we're so all in with the Packers, which yeah. is a great thing, and it's a fun thing, although it hurts when they lose, and it's really annoying and frustrating, but that we don't, you know, we don't get excited as fans about Wisconsin versus Marquette like we used to. I mean, there used to be a real buzz around that game. and But, yeah, that was also when the Packers were terrible, though, too. Right. In the 70s well, and but, 80s. But even, even a few years ago, when the, when the, you know, with all the Favre stuff and, all, you know, Aaron when in his first couple of years before. Yeah, they, but Kareem and Bo hated each other, and, there was, right. well, and, you know, that helped fuel the fire. When, I will agree with that. When there's hatred between rivals, yep. that just juices it up for the fans. If Marquette and Milwaukee had played when Crean and Pearl were here. Right. See, now there you go. There would have been juice, and there's not a lot of juice with most Milwaukee games. Right. You know, last night there was a little juice because Butler's in town, but Butler's not the same as they were. Well, we, we, thought, that, not... we thought that last year, though, too, That's and then true. they wound up. You know, going back to the championship game. Mike tweets in, I think the casual fan has been let down by the Badgers and Marquette in the tournament too many times, and they're done. Yeah, well, but you're coming off a year where both teams made it to the Sweet 16. Right. And that so was part of that what get us back in? I would think so. But, you know, it, it's also a legitimate point that up until last year for Marquette, the last Sweet 16 run that they had, aside, of course, from the Final Four year, was what, 1994? Yeah. So Not- it had been a while, and... Damon his, Key, McElveen, yeah, those guys. Yeah, those guys. Engelhardt, yeah. Lockton, and them. Kevin O'Neill was the coach. Yes, By the way, 0-8 uh, in conference in the Pac-12 USC for USC. Oh, I did not know brutal. that. Brutal. 
They are brutal. Wow. And he, and he overachieved last year, didn't he? They they were a little bit. They were yeah. They yeah, were but he's a, a kook. Um, O'Neal's a kook. He is a um, he's a he's a different cat. That's for sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go with that. But <laughs> that was the last time yeah. the market, aside from no. the Final Four year, that right. was the last time that they were a Sweet 16 team. Yeah. But now, Wisconsin, on the other hand, they've been in the Sweet 16 pretty regularly yep. since Bo Ryan took over, and they, they even made an Elite Eight run. Yep, where they gave uh, North Carolina a big-time mm-hmm. run. 800-990-3776. 800-990-3776. What is college basketball rate on your excitement meter as a fan? And if you're not there yet, when do you turn it on? Dave and Racine. Dave, you're on ESPN Wisconsin. Dave, you're on the air. Hello, Dave. Dave, you're off the air. 800-990-3776. 1-800-990-3776. I could hear him in the background. You know, maybe he's listening to the radio. Perhaps. That's, a, that, that's always a good Just thing Just turn to off do. your radio. Yeah. I promise you. You can, you can hear us hey, through your phone. 1964 called... Turn off your radio. <laughs> this isn't news. Man, what's wrong with people? It's like, you know, in Rhinelander. That's, it's, it's a new technology up there. It's amazing. I know. It's really exciting. Maybe he's brand new. Could be. Never know. Marquette at Villanova <laughs> tomorrow at 11. And uh, we'll have that right here for you on the Homer and Thunder Broadcasting Network. Uh, Marquette going for the sweep, beat Villanova on New Year's Day. Uh, it wasn't quite as early as last year when they played West Virginia at 6 a.m. Oh, at least brutal. What felt like 6 a.m. Why, why do they do that? Why T- did they you do know, that? You know, TV. Oh, it's just TV. I know, but I, I wasn't at that. Well, I was at the Rose Bowl last year, so All I right. didn't have a chance to go see that game. How many people were actually there on time? On time, not that many. But by halftime, it was pretty full. Okay. Alex in Madison. Alex, you're on ESPN Wisconsin. Hello? Dan Dragon, do we have all the buttons pressed right? Because I'm hearing the same thing from Alex that I heard from Dave and Racine. Very strange. Okay, well, uh, and now we heard ourselves 12 seconds later. Somebody's got his radio up. All right, Alex, turn your radio off. Call us back. Will in Madison. Will, you're on ESPN Wisconsin. Hello? Oh, we got him. Will. Will. You're on the air. I I can hear you. All right. So we know it's not us. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in the background, but that's yeah. all right. Um, pretty much, I'm pumped about basketball just because I'm a Syracuse fan. Okay. You know, born and raised in New York, so I'm pumped about this season, especially because it's kind of sucking right now. So I'm I'm all about college basketball. Well, and it helps when your team is as good as Syracuse yeah. is, number one in the country or the best team in the country. Yeah. You know, you lose yeah. a game, you get that. That, down that a couple certainly games, helps. But. That, you know, I think you know. Remember, number one for remember a while. when the Badgers were the number one team in the country? Granted, it was only for, for a for, week, for a minute. Well, yeah, they, it was. The, the, and then, the Bra- and then Brian out, Butch. The rankings came out on Monday, oh. and Tuesday they lost. Brian, your elbow. I'm sorry, buddy. Right. That was that was ugly. But you know, that was a pretty exciting time. Yeah, it was. For and thanks for the call, Wisconsin though. basketball fans. Right. Maybe not Marquette fans, but certainly you know for that 12 minutes that Wisconsin was the best team in the country it was pretty right. cool and whenever that's going on even when Milwaukee made the run to the sweet 16 that was cool those too. things put the whole state of Wisconsin on the college basketball map Donnie and the Shaw Donnie and Walker Shaw you're on ESPN Wisconsin hey thanks for taking the call boys you got it uh, being uh, from Oklahoma and obviously my Sooners haven't done squats and Stacy King I uh, I don't nice Stacy King any- reference Oh, that's that's the 80s, baby. Yep. Uh, I haven't really, I don't really.
really follow until the tournament comes. I, uh, you know, majority of these games don't make a hill of beans, uh, and I don't watch it until the tournament comes. And if you are worthy enough to make the tournament, and I put some gambling money on it, then I start watching. Now, Donnie, if, if the bat like last night, the Badgers had a big game at home against Indiana. Does that change anything? Um, you know, being a Big 12 guy, if they were, you know, OU, OSU, you know, I'd probably watch it. Um, but, you know, I, it, it was nice to see. But, you know, then again, I can always watch the uh, the highlights of the mothership. All right, Donnie, thanks for the thanks, call. Donnie. It's interesting. We've talked to a Syracuse fan and an Oklahoma fan. 800-990-3776. We're worldwide, like, baby. If you like a random team from somewhere else in the country, <laughs> give us a call. We want to hear from you. I want to hear from a Washington State fan. Well, you know, Dick Bennett, there's a connection That's there. true. Ken in the Falls. Ken, you're on ESPN Wisconsin. Hey, guys, you have a perspective on the college uh, basketball. Um, it, it's just so diluted, uh, the amount of games on TV that uh, can dilute people's interest. Last night, I think, for example, there were five games on national TV between ESPN2 and ESPN. But as it relates to Wisconsin and Marquette, uh, what a shame. I mean, two... Probably top 20 type teams, very well coached, uh, great players, play very hard. Uh, I think it's just underappreciated the quality of the teams that we have here locally, the coaching and the players. These are two fantastic teams. I've gone to the Wisconsin-Marquette game probably 12 years running, and from an excitement uh, and quality of play, uh, a hard-fought game, I'm not sure you can find a better basketball game out there. Give me a game like that versus a Bucks game any day a week. Hey, Ken, thanks for the call. And as a college basketball fan, that's a pretty easy argument to make in the state of Wisconsin. Right, right now it is, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and has been for too long, as far as the Bucks are concerned. Well, everything goes in cycles, I, I firmly believe. I mean, the Bucks were really, really good in the 70s and 80s, and Wisconsin basketball was terrible until... Uh, I guess Stu Jackson took over in the early 90s, and then they had to gain respectability and you know, right. certainly been taken to another level in 2000 when Dick Bennett was still the coach, and then when Bo Ryan took over a couple of years later, uh, you know, it was something that had become expected now. Now if the Badgers make it to the NCAA tournament, it's ho-hum, yawn, and this is what you know is supposed to happen. Well, and if it doesn't, it's catastrophic. And if it doesn't, it's catastrophic. Marquette you know, was very, very good in the 70s. They were pretty good. In the 80s, they were okay-ish. They got bad for a little while. They got late bad. 80s. Yeah, late 80s, they were pretty bad. Under Bob Duquette, they were really bad. Yep. Um, after Kevin O'Neill left, they were okay. Uh, they never really did anything special until the 2003 season. And, you know, after that Final Four run, I think it whetted the appetites of Marquette fans, which is a good thing. I mean, the bar should be set pretty high. Um, with the success that they enjoyed earlier in the uh, in the two thousands, but now it's can you get me to that next level? And last year, it, you know, they showed that they could. They you know they beat a very good Syracuse team in the tournament last year. They had to upset a very good Xavier team in the tournament but, last year as well as an underdog. As an underdog, and you know what they for the eleven seed, twelve yeah. seed, eleven. Like yep, yep. I enjoy the Pro Bowl. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I know I'm off on my I own mean, little island. I mean, I like get start it. to finish. Like, what is going no, on? No, well, you know, Aaron's playing. Right. Got to watch Aaron. Well, I'll we got, yeah, Max on the sidelines. Fast forward. Yeah, I mean, the coaching staff will be there. Yeah. You know who's left? 
Right. Um, most of the guys. Most of the most guys of are there. there. It's not like Wisconsin where half of them, you know, right. bolted. So at least most of the guys are still there. Uh, and then on Sunday, I'm heading down to uh, Indianapolis for the Super Bowl. Little, Very cool. Little game down there, you yeah. may have heard. So oh. are you shacking up with, like, four other guys from Yahoo Sports? No. And, like, you all get, or no. you get, you get your own No. Room? Come on. This is the you network get, radio, get, like, baby. A presidential suite? Yeah. It's J.W. Marriott, so baby. should I come with you? If you'd like. Yeah. Come on down with me. I mean, I got my Brady jersey ready to go. Okay. Yeah? Okay. That works. That way, you know. Sweet. It's a I'm presidential in. suite. I like it. That's how it rolls, man. Really, the Pro Bowl? I did not. I, I got to be honest. I did not expect you to go there. What do you think I was going to say? I, I, you know, I. I the thing I that gonna, I wish I could go to, but I'm to going to be sports. missing. The thing that I'm going to miss, unfortunately, no. is the on deck event. I'd like to go to that, but I okay. can't go to it. You want to just ask Ryan Braun a couple questions? Well, you know, <laughs> we, we he, he'd like to go way. too, but he can't make it either. Apparently. Do you think that was his call or Akinazio's call? I think it was Mark's. That's my guess. Okay. And I don't think it's the end of the world.